Hey everyone, I'm Eric and welcome to the Borderlands podcast. Oh, I'm Bethany too. And we're glad you're listening to us <laughs> this morning or this afternoon or this evening. So I said this morning because that's when we're recording, but you could listen anytime. You, three in the morning. You're allowed. That's actually when the, the last episode came out. Really? It was like 3 a.m. Did you post it at 3 a.m.? I scheduled it for 3 a.m. Oh, I was like, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are glad you are back listening to this episode today. We wanted to promo a few quick things before we get started. We'd love for you to follow us on Instagram or uh-huh. Lava. Lava. Lava still happens. <laughs> uh, it's It's been such a wild summer. It's taken a minute to catch on. Like, honestly, there, there's been a little bit of our time where the focus is, hey, let's make sure we get our episodes out. Yeah. So still follow us. Those are going to be prime content curating medias. Wow. I made up that phrase. That was amazing. Okay. So Eric, this morning before we recorded this podcast, is just throwing out big words left and right. Like he, he Throwing swall- out the correct words. That's all I got. He swallowed a thesaurus last night at 3 a.m. <laughs> when he was posting the episode. <laughs> if, you, if you know your grammar and you know your etymology, it can take you a long way. If you're still in high school, take that class. One of the best things I've ever done. Not joking. (laughs) Um, But also, we would love for our listeners to DM or direct message, or if you don't know what that means, there's a little paper airplane (laughs) in the top right corner of your Instagram. And you can type us a message. Send us a message. Directly. We would love to hear (laughs) topics from you. Like, what would you like us to talk about? It can be a question. It could be maybe a current event. It could be like a general topic. Whatever it is, if you want us to talk about it on here, let us know. That's the easiest way for us to hear that from you. And I'm really actually curious like what people think because a lot of the topics Eric and I come up with are things we've been thinking about or things that we've seen online, but I'm sure that there's another world out there that you guys are all participating in that we are not. So it'd That's be true. good to get varying opinions. Yes. Sometimes I am lost in the cloud of... TikTok. Never. <laughs> <laughs> of like academia or sports or mm. ministry, and I don't always know the topics of those who are not part of those areas. Yeah, and sometimes I get lost on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Didn't know how you are going to take that. Yeah. But we have a good episode for you today. I think so. As, as you know, and we've talked about this the last few episodes, our podcast is about growth. Mm-hmm. This is a piece that is essential to growth. But it's a thing that people don't want. Mm-hmm. And it's often <laughs> perceived as a hindrance. I'm like, I want like people to like start guessing. Like we'll just like keep right, what do you think it hints, is? you know? That close. Oh, you're almost there. You got it. I'll, oh. It's failure. <laughs> <laughs> that bit might have failed. Yeah, sorry about that. That's but. all right. We're growing because that's what embracing <laughs> oh. failure is all about. Look at that. Look at that. I, so this is a topic that I was kind of really passionate about bringing up. Um, because probably one of my worst, I don't know if I would say my worst fear, but like one of my biggest fears is like failure just in general. Like I don't want to fail. I don't think anyone wants to fail, but I think some people are better at embracing it than others. I am terrible at it. (laughs) Yeah. I think I would make the argument from the beginning that this is a learned skill. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think anybody is naturally good at embracing failure. Yeah. And if I, I, I also want to caveat because this isn't even where we want to go. Mm-hmm. Embracing failure is not the same thing as shrugging your shoulders and saying, oh, well. Yeah. I, I think that's also a learned behavior from like not succeeding and saying, well, I'm not going to try 
Mm-hmm. So that's not what we're talking about. Like there's a difference between embracing failure and indifference. Yes. Because I feel like the reason we say that without failure, there's no growth is because failure makes you think like, okay, what can I improve on next time? Mm-hmm. I failed because of A, B, and C reason. So now next time when I go after this, I'm going to change the way I do this specific thing or the way I think about it or the way I react to it. Um because you're not, if you fail, you're not just going to keep doing the thing that you failed at. You're going to want to try to change. You're going to want to try to, you know, embrace whatever is next. That's why there's growth. Yeah, I th- I think I began, I began on this journey because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't embrace failure well. No. At <laughs> all. Thank you. Oh, I was saying it to like uh, me. I'm sure. sorry. Nope. <laughs> Mabby. Nope. Um, <laughs> But I've begun. I began on this journey when I recognized the spectrum of failure mm-hmm. and how I often look at failure as only large and catastrophic. Yeah. Um, but when I shrink it down to something a lot more manageable, um, it's a lot easier. So for me, understanding this began when I began my journey in digital design. Mm-hmm. And when I started practicing with Photoshop, I would just sit on my bed and design things for hours. And if I designed for an hour and a half or two hours there's a very real chance that nothing I made was good. Right. Like even to my own standards, not yeah. like anyone else's. Yeah. Like I would say, I don't like this and delete it. I don't like this and delete it. And technically, all of those were failures. Right. But they didn't feel that way because I was just having fun. Because you're learning. There was no expectation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just growing. So as we discuss this today, I think it's important to recognize how failure is, yeah, it, it can be as large as a career ending mm-hmm. problem, but it can be as small as, oh, I didn't mean to put that there. Yeah. And when we can keep it on the spectrum, we can begin to learn and develop almost a tolerance Yeah. for failure. It reminds me of something that um, Pastor Billy here at Calvary said once in a message I, I don't know what it was in reference to, but I just, like, remember this specific statement. Like, I think about it a lot. Um, and it was, like, the Lord never wastes our pain. Hmm. And I think about that when it comes to failure. Like, our failures never waste it because there's always something to learn from it. There's always something that we can take with us to the next step. Or, you know, we just have to keep working at something so it develops our patience or our endurance, anything like that. Like you can continuously grow in so many ways. So the failure, it might feel terrible, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the time that you're in, but there's always something that you can take from that. Yeah. And if you eliminate any possibility for failure, you probably also eliminate any possibility for growth. Mm-hmm. Because if I can't fail, that means I'm not taking any risks. And if I'm not taking any risks, I'm not pushing myself beyond what I currently am. Right. And if I'm not pushing myself beyond what I currently am. Then you just stay the same. Like I will be exactly the same. Yeah. And there's spaces like where that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like we, you don't need to be risking in every scenario always all the time. Right. But like if 100% of your life is risk-free, I would probably say it's also failure and growth-free. Mm-hmm. Because failure is just part of the learning process like we've been talking about. I also wonder, too, like when it comes to failure, like who defines what failure is? 
Like in certain circumstances, I get like, okay, you got an F on a test. Sure, you got all of the wrong (laughs) answers. You failed that test. But in some other areas, I feel like failure can be subjective. Like maybe to someone else you failed, but to you, like you gained all of this information, Mm -hmm. you gained this knowledge, this experience. You don't feel like it was a failure. Yeah, I think it's perspective-based. Yeah. Because I think you could even make the argument that you failed the test, but you can still succeed in learning the material. Right. By recognizing... I got these wrong. Like, that's what tests are for. So now I know the right answer. Right. Yeah. So that's where... Now, there are a lot of bad teachers. <laughs> there's a lot of great teachers. Okay. Yeah. I, I love academics. So there's a lot of great teachers. What? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> uh, but, th- like, that's why I'm not afraid of tests. Because yeah. I'm surrounded by the, the good teachers mm-hmm. that recognize, hey, every wrong answer is for you to recognize what the right answer is. Right. Like, that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. And we've... We've shifted the perspective from receiving the grade. Oh, well, I failed. I yeah. didn't get the grade. Instead of, I would need to learn this material. Mm-hmm. And even if I got a bad grade, that allows me to learn. Like There are times when what I learned the most came from reviewing f- wrong answers on a test. Yeah. like That actually happens to me because I'm weird. But That's fair, though. But yeah, I, I think that's where... It's all based like what is the perspective and what is the goal? Mm-hmm. Because when you're failing, like the the end result of that, I feel like is like you're learning more, you're practicing more, you're trusting more, you're experiencing mm-hmm. more, you're whatever. Like there's something positive that will come out of that, mm-hmm. even though we're terrified of the initial result. <laughs> yeah. And I also think, sorry, this is all just kind of coming to me because I want to talk about writing mm-hmm. here in a second. Um, where you are like in your trajectory also determines success and failure. Yeah. And so I like to write. I know Bethany likes to write. Mm-hmm. I, I learned that I enjoyed writing in sixth grade when I, I won a writing contest. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It was like actually a really big deal. Did you win like anything fun? Um, I did actually. Oh. So I. Trip to McDonald's and a limo. No, I won $250 in a trip to a banquet. Oh. And then I actually got to go to like a banquet like for the state and I got like second there. Wow. Oh, I got $50 at the second one. Oh, boo. But like I wrote this essay and I won $300 and I got like a plaque and it's mm-hmm. like really nice pen and it was great. Mm-hmm. I read that essay. I was like going through old boxes when we were moving. Yeah. Or at my parents or something. It I, was terrible, wasn't it? It was atrocious. <laughs> Like, it was so bad. Yeah. And that's because I wrote it when I was in sixth grade. Right. It was, according to these people, a top-tier essay for a sixth grader. And that's, like, worse than, bo- like, doesn't belong in the barrel. It's not bottom of the barrel. Yeah. It's like, burn this. Right. You know, if but for a college sixth grade, student, that was a success. Yeah. And I, I think that's where too often we we <laughs> compare ourselves to others. Now, this... Social media brings this in and we'll come back to 110%. that, I'm sure. But like if I'm comparing my first or second or even 10th attempt to a professional mm-hmm. or someone who's the best, what is a good step in my growth may feel like actually like a failure instead of a success. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is the other piece when we're talking about embracing failure. We have to look at what standards we're applying. Yeah. Like if I'm trying to become a better writer... I can't compare myself to 
a New York Times columnist right. or someone who writes for Christianity Today. I mean, maybe I can right now yeah. as I'm approaching 30 and approaching completing my master's degree. And like, maybe I can now. Right. But 15 years ago, or you when I, I wrote my sixth grade essay, I can't yeah. compare those two things. Because obviously mine would look like a failure, but it's also the beginnings. Right. This makes me think a lot. When we were writing um, kind of the notes for this episode, I had a thought and I didn't even want to put it down because it was like <laughs> one of those things where I was like, okay, I know this like thought just came in my head, but like maybe that's a little too much to share. But then I feel like the Lord was like, put it down. <laughs> <laughs> maybe in a nicer voice. But, <laughs> um, but I was just like, I... Like, in my life, I feel like a failure as a writer. Like, I went to school for journalism, and I am not, a, a, you know, currently in, like, a journalism workplace, anything like that. Um, and, I mean, all of the time, I've compared myself to people on social media mm. and even, like, people in my personal life just being like, oh, well, they're so much better at at this than me. Like, why am I even doing this? Um and I was actually thinking about it this morning as I was getting ready for this episode because I was like, okay, I feel like a failure as a writer, but like according to whose standard? Mm-hmm. According to 18-year-old Bethany's standard who thought she was going to work, you know, at a big news corporation and, you know, do all of this stuff, which I don't even want to do anymore. <laughs> um, but, you know, like that that was what my standard was back in the day. And so if I didn't meet that, then I guess I would have always just thought I was a failure. But then I'm thinking of everything I've learned through just my experiences in school and like having a degree itself is like an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Like I think sometimes I tend to like downplay it or other people tend to downplay it because they're like, like even like graduating high school, like you finish something, like you finish classes, you pass something, you have a piece of paper, even mm-hmm. if it was an expensive piece of paper. Um, <laughs> like that's an accomplishment in and of itself. And I think that even if you don't meet the standard you set for yourself, that doesn't automatically mean like you're a failure. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can take so much out of what you've done, what you've learned, all of that kind of stuff. Um and I also think like, you, like, you know, the phrase like you are your own harshest critic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think we also have the highest standards for ourselves. Yeah. Like no one else is going to be like, oh, you didn't like become the best journalist in the world and <laughs> take over everything. Like, no, they're just going to be like, wow, like you got your degree and you have a decent job and like you're still writing on the side. Like, that's really awesome. Like, that's so great. But like, I'm like, but I could be better. <laughs> so I feel like that doesn't I don't know like when my initial thought was like I feel like a failure I'm like but in whose eyes am I a failure Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes embracing failure to me feels like I'm moving the goalpost yeah like I'm moving it closer Mm -hmm. so sometimes it feels like well I didn't make it there but oh no I moved it closer I made it we're okay but I think the reality is like we don't always need a goalpost yeah. And sometimes the goalpost needs to be moved because we didn't set it there to begin with. Yeah. There was a phrase I heard. I heard this in high school. I mm-hmm. think it was at a camp, actually. And the speaker was talking about how, one, comparison in our spiritual lives is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd apply this to our whole lives nowadays because um, this was probably over 10 years ago now. But he also talked about how in life in general, but even more, I would accentuate social media, 
we recognize that too often we compare our worst because we see inside ourselves to the best that someone else projects. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying people lie on social media per se, or at least like the people I follow. I don't think they lie. They don't lie, but I don't think anyone is out there publicizing all their failures. Right. <laughs> it, it, and that's that's the exact point. So yeah. like if I see someone, oh, they they did this and they're out here succeeding here. That's great. They mm-hmm. didn't show the 68 failures right. or the 150 failures or the days and weeks and months they put into this. Mm-hmm. They just showed the end product. Yeah. And... I think too often we we live in a, a world with the internet that makes it seem like no one fails. Yeah. When it's really people just share their success and we hide our failure. Right. I was reading this article um, when we were kind of talking about this episode and it was it was kind of the opposite of embracing failure. It was like people have gone too far in embracing failure and we mm. need to not be so comfortable with failure. And there was like a split. There was a second where I was like, okay, I, I can see where you're coming from mm-hmm. of not being like complacent and like just being like, okay, I failed. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because it was like it was showing like stories of I think like J.K. Rowling okay. had um, like went to like mm-hmm. 10 different publishers to publish oh, Harry she went Potter. To a ton. Yeah. And like finally, you know, she got it published yeah. after failing at how many attempts. Um, and they were like, you know, not everyone's like that for sure. Like some people just fail and they don't go again. But I think like when you embrace failure is when you also embrace like, I don't want to say like endurance, but like you keep going, like you don't just fail. Then you stop and you're like, okay, I'm never going to do it again. Like when you keep persisting, like in spite of failure, I think that is when you really truly grow yeah and i think that's the point the point isn't hey we're just okay with this yeah it's i'm gonna learn from this and i'm gonna keep going and and that's where you kind of bring in like what is your goal Mm -hmm. like what is the purpose you bring in what is my perspective so is my purpose to get better and my perspective that of a learner Mm -hmm. or is it hey i i have something tangible i need to complete and I'm going to try to complete it. it. It makes me think, as we were writing this, makes me think of some of the apostles. Mm-hmm. How, like, you could literally write subtitles to their names and the subtitles failure. Yeah. Like, think about Peter. Most, not all, many of the disciples were fishermen, mm-hmm. which you might have heard this. This is a common thing nowadays talking about the disciples. But if you were a fisherman in that culture, it's because you didn't succeed in becoming a religious leader Mm. in Jewish society like all boys went to school and then if you like the top chunk out of like normal school moved into like intermediate Mm -hmm. and the rest went to work and then the top chunk out of intermediate school went to the highest school Mm. and the rest went to work and those from the highest school were the ones that became religious leaders and scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees so those who are fishermen were told by their society, you are not good enough to find a rabbi and to learn and to be a religious leader. And that's where Peter was mm-hmm. when Jesus said, follow me, but it's I'll also be a rabbi. Like they're collecting food for everyone. So they right. are needed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. In another sense, like they're still succeeding. You mm-hmm. know, they were good fishermen. Yeah. Uh, but even what Jesus called them to do, 
like Jesus or Peter became like one of the top three religious leaders of the time. Right. Like he was told by his whole society, you failed. Like you can't do this. And then you look at someone like Paul who he thought he was succeeding. Mm-hmm. Like he was killing the Christians to preserve Judaism has a vision of Christ. He says, why are you persecuting me? And then he totally changed his life. So to me, like that's where perspective comes in. He thought he was succeeding Mm -hmm. and he was actually failing. And if he hadn't changed his perspective, changed his understanding, he wouldn't have been able to become what we would title a success story. So all that to say, we don't always see things the way the Lord sees them. And we don't always see things the way we should see them. I think that's when I was like, you know, when when we say like failure is sometimes subjective or like mm-hmm. it's based on perspective, like if we're looking at the world and what they view as failure, mm-hmm. it's going to be different from what the Lord views as failure. Yes. So it's like what I want to base, what I want to base my failure or success on is what the Lord thinks of me, not what anyone else thinks of me because it can be completely different. But Bethany, that's so much more difficult. I mean, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the world views failure such, like, so black and white. Mm -hmm. It's like, are you a rich CEO living in L.A. or are you, you know, living in a rundown house that the shutters are falling off and you live paycheck to paycheck? Or in an average house in an average suburban area. I mean, that too. But it's just like, if you aren't, you know, at this certain level, then basically you're a failure. But the Lord is asking, like, are you faithful? Mm-hmm. That's that's a question. Yeah. Are you faithful? Can I tell the, the Coles player story? No. Okay. I'm just I'm kidding. Yes, tell it. So, okay. I love football. I love the Colts. It's Indianapolis fo- Indianapolis's football team. Um, if you... Never mind, I won't say that to our Detroit audience. <laughs> it was really mean. Um, but like, I follow them because we only have two sports teams. So once like baseball season rolls around, I'm just following off-season storylines. Fair. Back in May or June, okay, so after the season, but like when stuff was about to ramp up, mm-hmm. after the draft, okay, there was a story that came out about this guy named Kari Willis, actually a Michigan State alum. So way to go. Woohoo. And Go blue, though. They, the story was kind of shocking in how he's 26 mm-hmm. and it came out and said, Kari Willis retires from the NFL, which was to me, like as a fan, I was very confused and yeah. shocked. Which when was, you still have 80 year old Tom Brady playing, it's like 26. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, and even if he wasn't going to be, you know, I don't think he was a pro bowler. He might've been like borderline. He mm-hmm. was our starter. Okay. Yeah. He was good. We liked him. Mm-hmm. We drafted a player, his position to be a backup. We, we didn't. You know, we had no desire to get rid of this guy. Right. We liked him a lot. He was great in the locker room. So for him to retire was very surprising. Yeah. And so then I read his, nowadays when someone retires, they either write a long article about it on The Athletic or they put something on Instagram. Yep. Yeah. Players (laughs) Tribune with The Athletic or they write an Instagram post. Yeah. He wrote an Instagram post. So I read it and he retired from the NFL so that he could go into full-time ministry. Like that, the 100% reason why he did. And a lot of people would say, that's crazy. 
Yeah, especially because he was. So I know our audiences for non-football players and football watchers. When you're a rookie, you get a four-year contract, mm-hmm. and then after that, you can sign a contract that's generally larger. Yeah. Okay. Even if it's not, you know, Tom Brady money. It's going to be bigger than your rookie contract. Yeah. Especially for a guy who started three out of four seasons on that contract. Mm-hmm. He was going to get a pay raise, probably in the five to 10 million a year range. Mm-hmm. Not crazy NFL money, but crazy life money. Crazy okay. NHL money, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cra- crazy for me. Like if I made $5 million in a year, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I think he was coming into the final year of that rookie contract and he retires. So what I would say is the peak of like he was peaking. Yeah. Okay. He missed out on millions of dollars. He gave up millions of dollars is what yeah. I say. And some people say, what is he doing? Why didn't he get one more contract, even a one-year, two-year, play three more seasons, mm-hmm. make another $15 million. And then retire. And then retire. Yeah. But the money, the Super Bowl rings, the wins, those were no longer his goalpost. Mm-hmm. He changed his goalpost and said, I need to be faithful to the Lord, and the Lord is calling me to full-time ministry. So I, I, don't, I haven't followed him much since. I don't know exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But the, embrace, the embracing of failure in that story was so amazing to me mm-hmm. because by the world standards to a T, he failed. He failed. Yeah. He got what most people Dream try. Of. Yeah. Yeah. And can't. And decided to give it up for something intentionally worse by world standards. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's what embracing failure is all about. It's knowing where you're going, knowing what you're doing. Yeah. And taking a lesson from every step you take. Yeah. Realizing it's a part of your journey, not like the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like he... Be, being faithful to the Lord is more important than really anything else you're going to be doing. So that is, that's success. And that's a lot easier said than done. Oh, 110%. Like if I was in that situation, I don't know if I could have done what he did. I don't know if a lot of people could say that they would do that. Yeah, there's this, sorry, I'm going off script because this came to me. There's a thought that came through my head recently um, with random discussions I've had and thoughts I've had. It's this idea that is everything we like actually a blessing from God? Because hmm. often we thank the Lord for blessings, and yeah. that's a good thing to do. But we often thank Him for like these things that are positives in our life, in our life, and we like them. And my thought was, are positives always blessings? Because sometimes I found things that are negatives that ended up being blessings, yeah, and things that I thought were positive that turned out to be catastrophic to me. So when we're trying to embrace failure, maybe that's a blessing sometimes also. I always think of me moving back to this area Mm. because when I finished school, I was like, okay, I'm going to get, you know, a really nice job. I'm going to stay in Chicago. I'm going to live out my days here. Mm -hmm. That's success for me. (laughs) Live out my days. Live out my days. The next seven years. (laughs) You know, um, but then I moved back here and like I I truly, again, thought like I was a failure. But it's been the biggest blessing. Mm. Like I 
have, I mean, I wouldn't be on this podcast, first of all. True. So you guys wouldn't be hearing me, um, which maybe you'd be thankful for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I wouldn't be a part of this. I wouldn't have the community that I have right now. I wouldn't be getting married. Like, there's so many things that I wouldn't be a part of. But I at first thought it was a failure. But it has been the biggest blessing. I want to second that. Yeah. Because Kaylee, and I, I don't want to say anything because I'm on staff here at a church. And I, I mean this actually as a positive mm-hmm. and a compliment to our church. So please don't get upset with me. We didn't want to move here either. Yeah. Um, from the outside looking in, you know, Metro Detroit has a lot of brain drain. So college graduates mm-hmm. get a degree and leave. Yeah. It, it's a place that has had consistent population decline for 40 plus years. And to move into that space isn't easy. Yeah. And we moved here because God called us here. Right. And like, I don't want to say like, that's the only reason we stayed. It's not. But to us, that's the only, that's the only reason that we ask, Mm -hmm. you know, if God doesn't want us somewhere, we're going to move and leave. Right. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of things we love about being here and it has become a blessing to us. But we had to ignore that feeling of failure when, yeah. I mean, I, I know people that work for North Point Church. Um, I forget the name, Oaks something, it's out in Missouri. I know people that work for Life Church mm-hmm. out in Oklahoma. I know, I know people that work in all these crazy big ministries and God mm-hmm. called us here. Yeah. And at some point that felt like a failure. Right. Like I'm not part of something else. Yeah. And then I... And, and, when we can either embrace the cultural view, like I decided to intentionally fail by cultural standards, mm-hmm. we can realize, well, I succeeded by God's standards. Yeah. I'm faithful. He, he doesn't call me to figure out the entire plan or understand everything. He calls me to listen and mm-hmm. to go and to do as he calls. I feel like that's why sometimes we're so afraid of failure because it's something that we don't really have control over. mm Like I, all the time, I think like what my anxiety kind of stems from is not having control over certain aspects of my life. I think that's why failure frightens me so much because it's not what I want. Like (laughs) if it's what I was planning, like if I just had complete control over it, failure wouldn't be an option for me. Of course not. But because I don't have control (laughs) over every aspect of my life, obviously failure is going to come. But the Lord can still use that. And that's why in Proverbs, the author wrote, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Mm-hmm. Like we hear that, like I've heard that phrase, but like that process is like you make one piece of iron really hot and you smash it with another piece of iron. Yeah. Or they're both cool and you smash them together. Like that's not... That's a high friction process. Mm-hmm. And that's what growth is. It's a high friction process. Yeah. And yeah, if, if we don't follow that, we're, we want to eliminate the friction. We want to control and eliminate mm-hmm. all of that. Uh, let's, let's make it soft and comfortable. And like, here's the trajectory. We probably, even if everything went ac- exactly according to plan, and I'm saying this like from my own mind because I do this mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time, we probably are going to stop and land so much closer to like where we start mm-hmm. 
then if we go the route of holy friction and go where the Lord is taking us. Right. I always think that failing and like feeling like a failure are two separate things. Mm, that's a good uh, a good distinction. Because I feel like feeling like a failure, you've made that your identity. Like that's who you are. You're a failure. Mm. But like failing, we're all going to fail. That's something that we can continually work at and be better at. But like the Lord doesn't consider us failures. Like we're we're made in his image. We are loved so deeply that like to be considered a failure, that that encompasses all of us. Like that that's not who we are. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I like. I have to remind myself sometimes is like even when I fail, that's not who I am. That's not my identity. Yeah. Do you think this sprouts from, I would say, the incomplete gospel of we're all sinners? Maybe. Well, so I I say this. Let me say this before um, people start shooting arrows at me. Mm -hmm. Like we are sinners. Yeah. But Paul talks about how with Christ we were sinners and now we've become saints. Yeah. And a lot of 2022 doctrine talks about being sinners it doesn't talk about being saints. Like we're new creations. Yeah. Yeah. And now we have to follow Christ mm-hmm. in his death and resurrection in that. But if, I, if I'm if i being shouted that, hey, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, that sounds a lot like you're a failure, you're a failure, you're a failure. Yeah. Instead of, well, you were a sinner, now you're a saint. Mm-hmm. And God has given you this new identity. Yeah. It doesn't talk about like how you are, you've been redeemed. Right. You are different now. Right. And I... I think the piece that you like you hit the nail on the head. So I'm just kind of like tossing a piece of theology at it. Mm-hmm. Being determined, being defined as sinner or saint is an identity. It's yeah. not an action. Saints make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But at my core, I've been redeemed with Christ. I'm no longer a sinner. Like I'm a saint. Yeah. That, that's who he sees me as. That's mm-hmm. my new identity. I sin. I make mistakes. That happens. But like, there's a difference, exactly what you're saying, between mm-hmm. failing and feeling like I fail. Yeah. Between like actively failing and taking on the identity of failure. Yeah. Like the Lord has covered that failure. Mm-hmm. So that's not who you are. I mean, like to be so afraid of something that we all do, like I feel like sometimes <laughs> we think that like, oh, we're the only ones that feel this way. Or we're the only ones that have failed and, you know, it's it's so hard to get back up. Or, like, everyone deals with this, mm-hmm. even if they don't say that they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone does. So I, it's easier when you just come out and say, okay, yeah, I, I messed up. I did this wrong or I didn't accomplish this, but I'm going to try again. I think it's how you deal with, like, the aftermath of that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I say this when I'm at my best. Mm. <laughs> I'll deny myself when I'm at my worst. But <laughs> it makes me ask the question, could failure actually make us feel more alive? Mm-hmm. And I, I think about uh, there's been a story that's been in my head for the last six weeks um, because I just had um, rotator cuff like rupture repair mm-hmm. in my arm. And it's going to be like a 12-month recovery. I'm, I think often about the story of Clay Thompson. 
Mm-hmm. Um, sorry for the sports analogies. That's where my head is today. Um, large words and sports analogies. That's oh, that's my morning. That's Eric. Um, <laughs> that is. Um, he is a shooting guard for the Golden State Warriors. They were an incredible team. And in the NBA Finals, he tore his ACL. Mm. Okay. And he did the whole like 11-month recovery. And when he was in preseason camp scrimmaging, when he was about to come back the next season, mm-hmm. or, like he had sat out like a year. Yeah. Okay. And then he was scrimmaging and he tore his Achilles mm. in his foot. And then he sat out another like year and a half or so. Yeah. Of like getting back into a game. Right. And he went like 900 and like 50 something days between when he was in a game like on each end. Yeah. And if you were to ask him, like, would he have wanted that to happen? I'm sure he would have said no. No. Yeah. <laughs> but A, the story behind that is incredible. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's that's life. You yeah. know? Like, there's a part of me, like, I, I'm pretty frustrated that this happened to my arm, that it was as bad as it was, that I'm going to have to walk all of this. Yeah. And some people are kind of talking about how, like, CrossFit which is what I do mm-hmm. is so damaging to the to my arms and my body, which I don't think is true. But there's a part of me that kind of came up with this like mentality that I would rather get hurt doing something than not get hurt doing nothing. Yeah. And I found some life in that. And, and so, yeah, my body failed me, but I would rather my body fail me as I'm living mm-hmm. and like, finding life than avoiding failure out of fear of like failure itself Mm -hmm. and like nothing bad happening because to me nothing good happening is honestly worse sometimes than the failure that actually happens like it reminds me of people who like stay in one place or stay in their homes and only go to like certain places because they're so afraid of venturing out in case of like the what ifs basically Mm -hmm. but it's like if you're living your entire life in fear are you really living Mm. yeah i would say no yeah that also makes me think of another sports analogy but i won't (laughs) Mm -hmm. I, i won't do that to you guys today but i think like if you are truly going after what you're passionate about, if you're truly striving towards something great or something better and you fail a couple times along the way, that's okay. You're still, you're still trying. I think trying is like really, like if you're still actively like, you know what, no, I'm going to keep going. That's all you got to do. Yeah, and all the people that we compare ourselves to, I don't think any of them have a story that doesn't include failure. Yeah. You know, you think about, the sports greats or the great writers of history or whoever. And all of them have not just stories of failure, but stories of growth development of getting there mm-hmm. of falling and getting back up. And if we can lean into success as faithfulness mm-hmm. and then focusing on getting back up instead of just succeeding. Yeah. Like, we'll probably get a whole lot closer to our goal than I got to do it right the first time yeah, or the fifth time. 
And I know that everyone knows this, so I'm just preaching to the choir here. But also when you're looking at other people's stories and you think like, oh, there's no failure there. Or even if you see like, okay, they failed at this, but then they succeed it. And you failed maybe five times and they failed twice. Like everyone's story is going to be different. Mm -hmm. No one story is going to be the same. So no one failure is going to be the same. Like you might think that oh, because I, I failed in this way. Like, I'll never be able to accomplish what they've accomplished. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. It's how you react to it. It's how you, it's how you get back up. I love that. I, I, th- I think that's a lesson to chew on. I, I want to end there. Yeah. I, I want to keep going. I, I would love for you guys to ponder this, to mull it over. That's a word. Mull. Mull. <laughs> Talk about this with someone. Yeah. Maybe maybe take a time for an exercise where you write down like the five things you're afraid of failing at mm. and your five most recent failures and look at the actual consequences of your failures because I really have a feeling that they're not as bad as you think. Right. Barring like someone who just got like fired from their dream job. Okay. Yeah. I don't know who's listening, but barring that, I'm sure the actual repercussions of failure are often not as bad or even better mm-hmm. than you think. Like there might be a lesson in there. And then look at that list of things you're afraid of and maybe try to garner some courage to go after them. Yeah. I also think this is one of those episodes where I know we talk about it all the time, like, oh, talk this over with someone. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those episodes where I feel like everyone is genuinely afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. But then when you talk about it and when you – <laughs> when you like discuss it with someone else, you can realize that like, oh, we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. We all feel the same and this needs to be talked about more so we can feel more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So we Love hope that. you guys, uh, you know, really took something from this um, and we uh, are excited to continue talking about this maybe in the future. Yeah. Have the conversations, share the episode, DM us on Instagram. Let us know what you want us to talk Direct about. Message. Direct message. Direct <laughs> message. Paper airplane. Yes. Um, Check it out. Um, Carrier pigeon. Yeah. Thanks for listening (laughs) to this episode of Borderlands. We will talk to you next time. Talk to you guys soon.